Good morning, everyone. How are you today? I'm so glad to see you in the Lord's house today. School is almost over, and vacation season has officially started. <laughs> We've got so many of our people that are taking some time off, and I don't blame them. I'm thankful that everybody can take a little time off. I'm glad that you're here. In fact, we've got one couple here today that they were on vacation and got so bored on vacation, they decided to come home early so they could be in church with us today. Aren't you glad for Danny and Connie Morris? <coughs> Who would say, I've done everything I came here to do. I'm ready to go home. But good to see you this morning in the Lord's house. I want to give you some good news this morning. How many of you are ready for some good news? Amen. You know, we've been praying this, uh, the last few weeks, we've had so many in our church that have been dealing with some major physical issues in their body, has nothing at all to do with COVID, but just simply, uh, if I can say it this way, the regular old stuff. We, we had regular old stuff before COVID. And several of them are dealing with some of these things, and two or three weeks ago, we laid hands on several and one of the ladies that attends our church, Gail Milburn, was going in for surgery. Uh, they had pretty well uh, determined that she was uh, dealing with uh, liver cancer, and the prognosis was not good. So they went in and they did the surgery. <clears throat> they took portions of the liver out so that they could biopsy those. I talked with Gail last night. She's at home recovering. And she said that all of the tests that they took on the liver that had been taken out showed no cancer whatsoever in the liver. <laughs> I mean, you just have to scratch your head and say, how in the world can something like that happen? The surgeon be so convinced of something and then go in and discover that it's just not that way at all. And so I'm so glad that God is on our side and that Jesus is our healer. <clears throat> and the Holy Spirit of God resides within these temples to do the work of God in us as we go before him in prayer and seeking his face. I believe God's bringing miracles to us. I believe that we're going to see things that we've been hoping for for a long time and we're going to see the manifestation of it as we continue to believe God for all of the things that we are needful of. So praise the Lord. If you're keeping score, that's one, all right? Uh, we'll just keep our eyes open for the next one that we believe is going to come our way as God does his work in and around and among us. Amen. So I praise the Lord. We're praying for prodigals. We're praying for those who are unsaved to be saved for those who have gotten away from the Lord in their relationship to return for it to be important to them and for them to renew their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm believing and I know that you're believing with me as well. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I'd like for you to take them and turn to Exodus chapter 15. <clears throat> Now, that's in the Old Testament, if you don't know where that's at. If you start all the way at the beginning, you got Genesis. Well, actually, if you start all the way at the beginning, you've got the table of contents. And then after the table of contents, you got Genesis. And then after Genesis, you have 
Exodus. And so I want to uh, take you to chapter 15 today. And I want to share with you that there's something that is unique about the people of God that we sometimes uh, don't think about all that often. And that is <clears throat> that we have a song that we can sing that no one else can sing. That we have a song that has been given to us and assigned to us that the world cannot sing. Because we are the redeemed. Aren't you glad that we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? Amen. <clears throat> now, this passage of Scripture in Exodus chapter 15 is often referred to in a couple of different ways. Number one, it is sometimes called the Song of Moses, <clears throat> and at other times it's called the Song of the Redeemed. Now, let me give you a little bit of historical background before we read this. As you know, God delivered his people through Moses after many, many years of slavery to the Egyptians, where they were used as slaves to make bricks for the endeavors of, of, of uh, Pharaoh, and, and they, life was tough for them for a very long period of time. But God raised up Moses to be a deliverer for his people. And Moses was able, with the help of God and under the anointing of God, to bring Israel to a place of complete and total freedom. They were delivered by the hand of God. And you know that they, they traveled outside of the area where they had been enslaved for so many years they followed a cloud, they followed the fire, <clears throat> they moved with the Spirit of God, and then they came to the Red Sea, and it looked like it was all over. It looked like there was no conceivable way that they could be delivered now that they had their backs against the Red Sea, <clears throat> and, and the army of Egypt was hunting them down, and coming at a, a high rate of speed, and they were stuck in the middle of two kinds of bondages. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, I don't know if you've ever been at a place like that in your life, where if you looked ahead, it looked like bondage, and if you looked behind, it sure looked like bondage. There was no way to go to the right. There was no way to go to the left. They couldn't go over it. They couldn't go under it. But in the midst of a situation like that, God decided <clears throat> to open up the Red Sea so that they could go through it by the power of God. And they were able to do that. So here in chapter 15, <clears throat> we come to a place where they are now uh, amazed at what God has done and they are looking at the future and what God has in store for them. And so they decided that they would stop right here and take a praise break. And that's the message that I want to get to you today. God has done so many wonderful things in our lives that it's time for us to stop and smell the roses. It is time for us to sing the song of the redeemed. God has been on our side. God has delivered us. God has and is healing us. God has and will be saving and bringing our prodigals home. 
God has in store for us so much more than we can even imagine. And in order for us to prepare our hearts and our minds for what God is going to do, we need to stop right now and just thank Him and give Him praise and sing the song that only the redeemed can sing. Can I see the hands of everybody in this house today that God has redeemed you from the hand of the enemy? It seems as though that the enemy had his hands around your neck. But somehow, when you thought that it was absolutely impossible, God make it, made him take his hands off of you and release you and set you free by the power of God. It's in a moment like that, when we've been set free from the bondages of this earth, that we need to just stop and acknowledge that God has been and still is and always will be on our side fighting for us. Amen? So in that context and in that setting, let's listen to the words that are written here in Exodus chapter 15. I'm going to read through verse 21 if you'd like to follow along with me, either on the screens or in your Bibles or on your device. Verse 1, Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song unto the Lord, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he cast into the sea. His chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power, your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The floods stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue and I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword, and my hand shall destroy them. But you blew your wind, and the sea covered them, and they sank like lead into the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretch out your right hand. The earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. The peoples have heard. They tremble. Pangs have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Now are the chiefs of Edom dismayed. Trembling seizes the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them because of the greatness of your arm. They are still as a stone. 
till your people, O Lord, pass by, till the people pass by by whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. For when the horses of Pharaoh with his chariots and his horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea. Then Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out after her with tambourines and dancing. And Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. What a story. What a song. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for your miraculous power that has always been active on the face of this earth in the lives of your people. Thank you for this story that we're reading today, this historical accounting of what you did on behalf of your people Israel. I pray that you will help us to be able to get the revelation from this that you have and that you will show yourself on behalf of your people. May your revelation come in Jesus' name. We give you the praise for we ask it in your name and for your glory. Amen. Has God been good to you? Has there ever been a moment in your life when you were just going about life, doing life, maybe driving your car, maybe outside in the yard working, maybe inside doing some laundry, folding it up, getting the beds made, getting the dishes clean and all that, and all of a sudden, it came to your mind about a time in your life when if it had not been for the Lord on your side, you surely would not have been able to survive what you were going through. And yet in that moment when it seemed like it was all over and nothing good was going to happen, the Lord did something miraculous in your life that absolutely turned the situation immediately and definitely on your behalf. And all of a sudden, with dishes in your hands, with beds being made, you had to stop what you were doing in that moment and throw your hands up and begin to give praise to God and glory to his name for what he had done in your life. Oh, I'm telling you through the years, church, that has happened with me so many times. I remember many years ago, I was... I was uh, on staff at a church in Texas as my second ministerial assignment, and I was working with one of the greatest pastors that I've ever known, had done such a wonderful job in his ministry, and he was one of those kind of guys. He could be in the middle of a sentence telling you something, and all of a sudden, he'd just stop talking, and he'd just start saying, well, hallelujah, praise God Almighty. And I'd be sitting there thinking, what in the world is he talking about? I we were talking about the, the event that's coming up next week. And what we and then he'd just start talking about all the many times that God had delivered him and saved him and, and given him victory. And he just had to stop mid-sentence 
and just begin to praise the Lord. I'm so thankful that in the midst of all the bad news that this world has to offer, that we, the people of God, still have the opportunity to say every day that God is on the throne and he is able to deliver us and give us the victory that we need. That's exactly what he did in the lives of his people here. And they begin singing. It just began welling up inside of them, this song of salvation, this song of the redeemed. Now, we know that historically it probably began with the men gathering together. Now, I know that we don't think of it like that, but in their day and in their culture, the way they did things, the men and the women would separate themselves in a public gathering. The men would be over here and the women over here. Almost sounds like one of those old-fashioned, old-time Pentecostal churches when they used to come up front for the altar and it didn't matter where they were sitting, the men went on one side and the women went on the other. How many of you remember that? I can remember. Man, if you got on the wrong side of the church, you might get a girly blessing instead of a boy blessing. I mean, you, you had to separate it out like that. But in the days of Scripture, the men would get together and the women would get together and that the men would actually start singing and they'd start singing. I, I don't know what the tune was. I don't know if they sang it good, bad, or ugly, but they'd just start singing. You know, in our culture today, it's not manly really to sing. The men are often the ones that have to be drugged into the singing service. But I'm telling you, in these days, the men stood up as the leaders of their household and said, we're going to the house of the Lord, and we're going to sing the song of the redeemed. Men, I want to encourage you, take your rightful place in the Lord and lead your family to the place where they can worship God together. Women, I'm grateful for you, but it is not your place to have to lead your family. That is the man's job. And I know that there are times that you women have to do it because the men won't. But I want to tell you, men, it's time for you to shake off the dust of tradition that says that you're a sissy if you sing, you're a sissy if you cry, you're a sissy if you put a tie on, you're a sissy if you come to church. I want you to know it's time for the men of God in the kingdom of God to stand up and square your shoulders and say, I am going to be the man who leads my family to the house of God and we're going to worship together. These men started singing. And as they began to sing, something began to show in their message. And that was God had revealed himself in several different ways. So I want to give you four ways that in this song that God revealed himself. The first way is this. God revealed himself as a warrior. Man, I'm glad to know that God doesn't mind a good fight. Aren't you? I know that sometimes we get afraid with, uh, of God. We, we get afraid that God is this mean God up in heaven and he's getting ready to get us and throw lightning bolts at us and take us out. But God is a God of love. But let me tell you something. When the enemy of our soul begins to fight against us, they better, the, the, the enemy better watch out because we have a warrior God that is on our side. 
We have a God who is willing to do whatever is necessary to bring victory to his people. And if he has to fight, you better believe he's willing to roll up his sleeves and go to war on behalf of his people. I'm thankful that God's fighting for me. I'm glad that God is on my side. If God is for me, who can be against me? He was a warrior. Now, I want you to notice, beginning in verse 1, it says, Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. In other words, he's saying God absolutely slaughtered the enemy. He didn't just barely get by. He didn't just barely fight a battle. When he was done with them, uh, they were lying, defeated uh, tremendously. He gloriously triumphed in the battle. The horse and his rider, he has thrown them into the sea. The, did you ever throw rocks? Did you ever watch Andy Griffith, Griffith and they used to just go down and skip the rocks on the, on the water and they'd throw uh, rocks into the water just to see the puddles and that kind of thing? That The picture that we get here is that God is just picking up Egypt, Egyptian warriors and just skipping them across the Red Sea, just tossing them out so that you can see the rippled water. It says that he threw them into the sea. Man, what a powerful God that we serve. Verse 2, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Verse 3, the Lord is a man of war, and the Lord is his name. He said, boy, if you want to know who my God is, you're going to have to see him as a warrior. Because he's a man, a God who is able and willing to do anything that is necessary to win the battle. You think about it. They're singing this song after the battle has already been won. And God strategically brought Israel out of the bondage of Egypt and brought them to this place. He put a cloud in the sky so that they wouldn't be too hot. He put a fire in the sky at night so they'd be able to see and that they'd be warm. If they were hungry, he provided food for them in a miraculous way. If they needed water, they could strike a rock and water would come pouring out. God was strategically putting things in their way, in their pathway, so they'd have all the provision that they needed. Did you ever think about how God has won victories on your behalf? You know, sometimes we think today is the moment because I got the manifestation of it today. I got the realization of it today. But it didn't just start right now. It didn't just start today. God has been directing your path and putting blessings in your path all along the way. He's given you the cloud. He's given you the fire. He has given you the food. He has given you the provision. And then all of a sudden, one day, it dawns on you that my God has fought this battle for me from day one. And he's fighting on our behalf. No wonder they were singing. Our God is a man of war. You say, well, does that mean he's a meanie pants? No, it just means that strategically he will do what is necessary to put the pieces in place so that the battle for our souls and for our lives can be won. They kept on singing, 
And they discovered that not only was their God a God of war, but he was a God of wrath. A God of wrath. Now what does this mean? Let's look at scripture real quick. Verse 7. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The floods stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. You blew with your wind, and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Now, when you think about God, did you know that God is able to very gently, just very silently, speak a word? And because of the power and the authority that he possesses, he is able to make things happen on our behalf and for our benefit without ever having to raise his voice, without ever having to say anything that is just frightening or fearful. God has the ability to do that. You know that there are some people that they don't respond aloud. And they don't respond to anger. And they don't respond to yelling. And they don't respond. But if you speak to them softly and intelligently, I'm telling you they will get the message that you're trying to get across to them. But there are other people you've got to get right up in their face and you've got to scream and yell and say some things that need to be said. Now, mom and dad, don't ever do that in front of your kids because if you do it in front of them, they'll do it in front of you. But there are times that you need to talk softly and there are times that you've got to square your shoulders and say, all right, devil, I'm telling you right now, I've had more than I can stand. I've had more than I want from you. And I'm getting ready to pour out the wrath of God upon you through the word of God and the power of his Holy Spirit that is in me because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I am able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power of God that works in me. I am great in the power of God and I am coming now to fight against you and to bring the wrath of God up on your efforts to try to defeat me. I'm telling you, God was not in a whispering mood. And they began to realize that. They began to realize that the fury of God had risen to a point where his wrath was being poured out upon the enemy, the Egyptians. And the Bible says that he was fighting, and we'll get to it here in just a minute. He wasn't fighting a few of the privates on the side. He was fighting some of the best warriors that Egypt had to offer. And the Bible says that he was able to, over, able to overcome them by simply sneezing on them. Say, God sneeze? Apparently he does. Because the Bible says that he blew from his nostrils the air of his holy power upon them. And they were overcome. I got to thinking about that this week and I went and Googled sneezing. Did you know that when we sneeze, it is one of the most powerful, forceful actions 
that comes forth from a human body. It has and carries with it more power than anything else that we can do. How many of you have ever sneezed and it looked like a rainstorm coming out of your head? I mean, it just, boom. I mean, it pulls stuff out of your sinuses, out of your lungs, <clears throat> from your throat. It gathers it all together, mixes it with a little pollen, and then in a moment, it erupts out of your head. And all that stuff that it has gathered up, all those toxins, all that pollen, all of those irritants come flying out of your face. Did you know that they have measured the speed of sneezes? And did you know that the pressure of a sneeze that comes out of your nose can be equal to what they say is 100 miles per hour? That's a sneeze. Did you ever see somebody sneeze and they go, excuse me, no, 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 that, that, that is not the kind of sneeze I'm talking about. I'm talking about one of those puppies that you can't even get to the Kleenex, Kleenex box fast enough to get your nose covered. You forget whether or not you're supposed to use your hands or your elbow or your underarm, whichever it is. And so the sneeze erupts all of a sudden and stuff goes everywhere. But you know the reason that you sneeze? It is to rid yourself of the irritants and the toxins that have built up in your head or in your lungs. That's the reason that you sneeze. Now let's go back to the scripture. This song that they're singing saying, says that God allowed the, the, the power of his nostrils, the breath of his nostrils, to come upon him, that's all they needed. I mean, all these generals over here and all these warriors trying to get their plans together. How in the world are we going to beat these Israelites? And how in the world are we going to defame the God that they serve and declare to be in control? How in the world are we going to do it? And while they're trying to get the plan together and while they're trying to strategize, all that stuff is coming up before God and it is an irritant to him. And so he sneezes on them them and defeats them with one sneeze. Now, I don't know about you, but it kind of makes me think that my problems are just not that big of a deal. And as much as they irritate me, they irritate God. When the enemy attacks us and comes against us, it irritates God. And I'm telling you, God is getting ready to sneeze upon this earth. He's getting ready to sneeze upon the systems of this world. He's getting ready to sneeze upon the crooked politicians that are running every nation on the face of this earth. He's getting ready to sneeze upon every disease and sickness. And he's getting ready to sneeze and declare that he is is in control. Amen. The wrath of God. The wrath of God. 
And then they keep singing. Not only do they sing that he's a warrior, not only do they sing that he has this power, this wrath that can come forth powerfully to overcome, but they also sing about the fact that he is a wonder. Verse 11, look at this. It says, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, and the earth swallowed them. You've led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. The peoples have heard, and they tremble. Pains have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Now are the chiefs of Edom dismayed. Trembling seizes the leaders of Moab. And all the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them because of the greatness of your arm. They are still as a stone. Till your people, O Lord, pass by. Till the people pass by whom you have purchased. The Lord will reign forever and ever. For when the houses, the horses of Pharaoh with his chariots and his horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them, but the people of Israel walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea. God showed himself in such a way that the true people of God declared that he was a wonderful God. The people who were not, they trembled at his presence. So what would that look like? Well, I'm going to, would it be all right with you if just for a few seconds I acted like I was God? I mean, I know it's, it's not true, but just for a few seconds. I'm going to walk down this aisle right here, and I'm going to ask some of you to be the people of God, and some of you to be the enemy. And when I walk through here, I want the people of God to smile and worship, not me, but the presence of God. I want you to smile and believe that God is on the throne. For you over here, you're all the wicked ones over here. You're the enemy. And when I walk by, I want you to just start trembling in fear. I just want you to start shaking like this. And I want us to visually see the difference between the reaction of the people of God and those who are not the people of God. Are you ready? Let's just see. Just play along with me. Just see what it might look like visibly as we do this. Are you ready? Now God starts walking through in your midst. God starts walking and the people of God recognize that he is God, that he is wonderful. And the people over here, they're scared to death of him because they know that at any moment he could sneeze on them just like he has sneezed on others. And he just keeps on walking. He keeps coming before his people. And the people of God recognize him. The people of God give him the glory that is due his name. But not these people over here. All these wicked people over here, they're giving him crosses and they're putting their, they don't want to look at him because they see because there's a difference between the way the people of God perceive God and the enemies of God. They're afraid 
of him. They don't want to have anything to do with God because they know the power that he holds over them. But not the people of God. I mean, when God's presence begins to get close to them, they just can't help themselves. They just got to lift their hands up and praise God and glorify the name of the Lord and know that he is on their side. Amen. Amen. That's what it says. It says that the people of God recognize the wonder of God and how great he is. Did you know that that's exactly the problem that we have in our world today? The people of God know who he is, but they're not amazed by him the way that they should be. And as a result of that, the world, they don't know how to respond because not even the people of God are amazed at the power of God anymore. I say every now and then that we need to be revived. We need a revival. I'm not talking about some series of services for, for seven days in a row. If we tried that around here, most of you wouldn't even be able to get here because of work and other commitments and whatever. But what I'm talking about <clears throat> is there needs to be a resurgence of the people of God being amazed and in awe at the power of God and who He is. And you know what I believe? I believe God is getting ready to pour out His power and His Spirit and His blessing upon His church in such a way that it's going to blow our mind. It's going to blow the minds of the people down the street that attend down there and the people around the corner that attend down there. God is getting ready to move in these last days in such a way that the people of God are going to be amazed at the wonder of God. As they sang, it began to be evident that God was a wonderful God. A wonderful God. And then finally, and I'll close with one final thing. They begin to see all these things. He's a, he's a warrior God. He's a God of wrath and will come against the enemy with the full power, the full array of his power. He is a wonder-working God. Oh, there's power, power, there's wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Sing it with me. There is power, power, there's wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. I look over here at Brother Jamie. He's leading his family in worship. He's over there giving it one of these saying, come on, Amber, sing. Sing, Amber, sing. Sing, Amber, sing. The men were leading. Jamie's leading. He's taking the message to heart. We haven't even prayed the benediction yet. He's already leading. There is power, power. There's wonder-working power. Think about that. In the blood of the Lamb. Vacuum in your floors. Oh, Jesus. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to be able to make it today. Hurting so bad. My head's all plugged up. Got sinus all over me more than anywhere else. 
don't know if I'm going to make it or not. Got to go to the doctor next week. I suppose he's going to find something terrible when he starts looking around. Probably going to find that thing that's been bothering me and bugging me. Oh, dear God, here comes my husband. I was having such a peaceful day today until he decided to come home. Oh, no good-for-nothing neighbors that live next to me. They won't mow their grass. They got 14 cars in the driveway. <clears throat> They're parking in their yard. It's driving me nuts. I could just keep going. I could just, you know, you think about your own conversation with yourself and the words that come out of your mouth that determine the atmosphere that you're going to live in every day of your life. I can't do it for you, and, and God won't do it for you. But God has given us the authority to be grateful at all times. I'm glad I have a vacuum cleaner, aren't you? I mean, we used to have to do it with brooms. I remember years ago, I was pastoring in Shorts Creek, Virginia. They had a rotation in that church of people who'd clean the church. They'd take turns and come down, and they'd clean the church up and walk, do the sweeper and take the trash out and all that kind of stuff. And I remember walking into the church one day, and Sister Ruth Carpenter was in there. She's one of those precious saints of God that had been in the church ever since Noah and the ark. I mean, she'd been there for a very long time. I walked in on Sister Ruth, and she was in there with a broom sweeping the carpet. And she was just sweeping it and sweeping it. I said, Sister Ruth, are you aware that we have a vacuum cleaner? If you'd like, I can get it out for you, for you to use it. And she just started giggling. I thought, what did I say that was so funny? And she said, son, what do you think we did to clean our floors before there were vacuum sweepers? We swept them with brooms and we picked it up with these little things right here. And I'm thinking to myself, the lady actually wants to sweep the carpet with the broom. <clears throat> if that's what she wants to do, I'm going to let her do it in Jesus' name. And she swept the entire church with the broom. Can I tell you, it never looked better than when Miss Ruth swept the floors to that carpet. But for me, I'm glad for one of these. I'm glad for microwaves, aren't you? You can cook a hot dog in 30 seconds. Slap it on the bread, melt the cheese, put a little ketchup on it. In 30 seconds, you can have one of the finest meals that you'll ever want to eat because of microwave ovens. There are a lot of things I'm thankful for. But if we're not careful, we can allow our mind to get so focused on the junk that we have to deal with that the junk overtakes the blessings of the Lord. And these people were realizing that God in His greatness and God in His wonder and God in His power was worthy to be worshipped. Come help me stop, if you will, whoever's playing the piano. He is worthy to worship. 
Verse 20. Then Miriam the prophetess, sister of Aaron, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out after her with tambourines and dancing. And Miriam sang to them, Sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he is thrown into the sea. Now, I already mentioned about the guys. The guys in their culture and in their day, they were the ones who led. They're the ones who got up and got it going. They're the ones who got it singing, got the song service going and moving. But then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God came upon Miriam and she said, I've had enough of this. There's something I have to say. There's something I have to do. And the Bible says Miriam reached over and got a tambourine. I can't think of anybody better than you, Jane. Stand up. You ready? Yeah, I got it. Act like you got it. Come on. Come on. Come on. The men are singing, and Miriam says, I got to do something because God has been, where are you? There you are. I got to do something because God has been so good to me. I'm grabbing my little tambourine, and I'm going to start praising the Lord. And the Lord said, they began, she began to dance before the Lord and worship the Lord God Almighty. They begin to worship the Lord. So all the guys are over here singing. Give me about six or eight guys. Don't go anywhere, Miriam. Come back over here. Stay right over here. Give me about six or eight guys up here real fast. How, how fast can you get here? Six or eight guys. Come on. Guys, that means males, okay? Boys, men. Come over here, Danny, if you will. All you guys over here. Amen. Amen. Do you guys know the song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know? Start singing it. Just start singing it. Just go, somebody go ahead. Jesus loves me. And don't stop until I tell you to. And old Miriam, she's standing over here. She's saying, what in the world? The most awful singing I've ever heard in my life. What do you think? I mean, that's not doing justice to the God that we serve. I mean, he's a God of war. He's a God of wrath. He's, he's a God of wonder. Isn't that right? Well, don't stop. Keep singing. One more time at least. Do you see what the ladies are doing? You see what the women are doing? You can stop. You started singing, and the ladies in this house 
started clapping their hands. I didn't see any men out there clapping your hands. If you were doing it, I wasn't seeing you doing it. But the ladies just started giving it some of this. It's kind of like, my Lord have mercy. I don't, I don't know, that's good, and I like it and all that, but there's got to be something different that tells about the God that I serve. And old Miriam jumped up and she started singing. The Bible says they started singing. She started singing to them, to the women, and dancing to them. Can you sing it all? <laughs> you sing, Jesus love. Yeah. And she started dancing. Now, now stop. Here's, here's where this whole story explodes. We won't get any further than right here. The Bible says all of the women, not five of them, <clears throat> all of the women got tambourines and started beating them with Miriam and singing with Miriam. Are you ready? Sing a little more of it. Let's see what happens. See if there's any women in the house that'll jump up here and get with you. Are you ready? Jesus loves me. See there? See there? See there? See there? See there? Woo! I thought we about to have a revival up in here today. You guys did good, but look at this. How about a little dancing now? Can you do that? There you go. Woo! There you go. You're getting it, sister. Thank you, all of you. You can go back to your seats. They say, Pastor, what in the world are you doing? I'm trying to give you a visual of what happens when you realize who God is. When you begin to understand that He has redeemed you. He has literally <clears throat> taken your life out of the hands of the enemy and he has set you free from whatever has been holding you in bondage. You are free in Jesus' name and he is worthy to be worshipped and praised. Aren't you glad for who God is in our lives? Stand with me if you will. Hallelujah. How many of you believe that not only can God triumph gloriously, how many of you believe that He will triumph gloriously. So then we've got to start talking like that. we got to stop talking about the Democrats. got to stop talking about the Republicans. 
Got to stop talking about the politicians. Got to stop talking about the CDC. Because all they're going to say to you is, is that don't get, don't get too, too comfortable. This, this virus isn't done yet. It's going to come raging back in the fall. And then when that's done, we're going to get monkeypox all over our bodies. I refuse to believe what the enemy would use to try to get me to be fearful and afraid of what he thinks he's going to do to me. Because I am not in his hands. I am in the hands of a Redeemer God, a warrior God, a God that will sneeze and blow him under the water. I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. So what kind of faith do you have today? Prayer team, come if you will. Position yourself so that we can pray for those who have needs in their lives. If you have a need and you need prayer today, of any kind, just come and let them pray with you today. Singers are going to sing, and as they sing, let's just worship for a few moments. Just, you don't have to come down here if you don't want to to sing. Come for prayer. But if you want to just sing and worship the Lord, I want you to just take a few moments. I want you to let your mind go back to some of the things that God has done and be grateful to Him for what He's done. Be grateful for what He is able to do and will do in your lives because he's worthy of our worship. Amen. Go ahead and sing, Justin, if you will. If you need prayer, come on and let us pray with you this morning. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful?
up on her neck started off small just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger became very obvious everybody could see she didn't stay home from church she came to church that's where she wanted to be as it got bigger it started changing colors so she went to the doctor the oncologist they said well this kind of cancerous tumor not good news if it's there and if it's visible there's likelihood that it's throughout your body you probably don't have long to live instead of getting down and discouraged and defeated she came to church she said my Bible says if there's any sick among you let them call for the elders of the church anoint with oil lay their hands on me pray for me and I'll be healed and if there's any sin at all in my life I'm going to be forgiven of that as well and I want you to pray for me and everybody laid hands on her I'll never forget it it's almost like I was there right now people gathered around from all over laid hands my dad laid hands on her begin to pray and anoint her with oil. It's amazing to me now as I think back on it in my mind that what happened was as we begin to pray by faith, the women of that church broke out in praise and worship and dancing before the Lord. They had to leave the circle so that they could spread out and start, start dancing. Everybody wore dresses back in those days. They're spinning around. Their dresses are going around. They had heels on. You'd think surely they were going to pierce somebody's ears with those high heels that they had on. And they're just singing and they're dancing and they're praising the Lord. And right in the middle of all that, that cancer just still stayed right on that neck. 
she left. And everybody wondered, God, are you going to heal her? And you know, that week, she woke up one morning and she went to feel that tumor that had grown up on her neck. And she couldn't find it anywhere. She, she looked on this side. She looked behind. She couldn't find it. She, I mean, she threw the covers back. She's looking in the bed and she can't find even a piece of skin in there. She couldn't find anything in the bed. She got, maybe I got up in the middle of the night and went into the bathroom and put it, you know, and she went in there and looked. She looked everywhere she could look. And she found no signs of that tumor at all. It was gone. It didn't happen in the altar. It didn't happen in the church service. But it happened in God's timing and in response to the prayers of his people. And she went back to the doctor, and the doctor looked, and the doctor looked on her neck, and he looked on the other side of her neck, and he looked in the back of her neck, and he said, did you check around in the bed? Did you check anywhere else? And she said, I looked everywhere that I looked even under the bed. I couldn't find an old ugly tumor anywhere. It is gone. What should I do? And the doctor said, Go and walk as though you are healed because you are healed. There's no sign of the cancer on or in your body anywhere. I'm telling you, God is able to do those kinds of miraculous things if we'll trust Him and if we'll believe. He's able. He's a God of war. God may sneeze on you this week and take away every issue that you've got. He's a God of wonder. And isn't He worthy to be worshipped? Would you just lift your hands right where you are and just, just worship Him? Just worship Him. Lord, as we worship You in this moment, I'm asking you for miracles. You've already given us one. One report already this week. They expected to find cancer in that liver and they couldn't find it anywhere. It's not there. Doctors have said that there's nothing there. Miracle. Our expectation was that there would be there would be cancer. There would be weeks and weeks of radiation, chemotherapy. That's what we expect. That's what we thought. That's what we were being told. But there were enough faith-filled people of God declaring the promises of your word. And today we are able to announce that you have worked a miracle on her behalf. I'm so thankful to you. Lord, we've got a couple more out there right now that are waiting. We've got one lady, Lord, in our church that they've said she has lung cancer and just a short period of time to live. We've got another young man in our church 
that is meeting with an oncologist because they believe that it's possible that he has some cancer in his body. We have an older gentleman that's in Florida this morning. They've told him that he has cancer in his body. Lord, if I read my Bible right, cancer has no place in the body of a child of God. It has no place. I know it enters in. But Lord, you've given us the authority in Jesus' name. I'm asking you for every individual in this body who has any form of cancer in any way in their bodies. I'm asking you in Jesus' name to strike it dead right now in Jesus' name. At the very root of that cancer, remove it in Jesus' name from that body that they would be free from it, that they would be free from the effects of it, that the doctors would be amazed, that the doctors would scratch their heads and say, we had evidence of it, we knew it was there, we still believe it might be there, but we can't find it anywhere. We don't know where it's gone. We don't know how it moved. We don't know where. Lord, let them be aware that when you are able, you can sneeze upon a situation And the toxins, the irritants, will have to be removed at the sneeze of God. Lord, I'm asking you to start sneezing on your people. I'm asking you to start blowing the nostrils and removing the toxins and removing the irritants of our lives that have touched our lives and bring freedom, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Lord, you asked me just a few weeks ago when I was praying and sitting on our deck at our house and I was praying for our people. Lord, I remember it. You asked me very directly, Rob, Ask your people, how much are they willing to tolerate? How much are they willing to put up with from the enemy before they simply stomp their spiritual feet and declare victory over what he's been attempting and trying to do to them all this time? And Lord, I'm telling you right now, I'm tired of the devil. And I'm not willing to accept anything that comes from his hand. I'm not, ex- I'm not willing to accept a little bit of sickness. I'm not willing to accept a little bit of disease. I'm not willing to accept a little bit of the devil. I'm not willing to accept anything that he has with my name written on it. I rebuke it and I curse it. And I loose the power of God and the Spirit of God and I bind everything that the enemy would try to do on behalf of your people and this church.
I bind it in Jesus' name. I'm not willing to accept it. I'm not willing. The only thing that I'm willing to accept is the abundant grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. You didn't come so that we could barely, barely get by. You came so that we could have life and we could have it more abundantly. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now I'm about ready to close. I'm not going to hold you forever. I know you can't tolerate a whole lot. I want you to look at me for just a second and I'm going to close with this thought I want to just simply ask you how much are you willing to tolerate how much are you willing to let the devil do to you before you stand up and square your shoulders and say I've had enough no more take your hands off my family Take your, fam- your hands off my body. Take your hands off of my finances. Take my hands off my 401k. Take my hand- your hands off my church. Take your hands off my pastor. Take-, take your hands off my pastor's family. I need my pastor's family to be strong and anointed by God. Take your hands off of them, devil. I'm not going to put up with it. Take your hands off my kids. Take your hands off. You're not welcome here. There is no place for you in my home. And I refuse to make room for you. I only will make room for the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name. Now let me warn you. It's it's all on us. God is willing and He's ready to bless abundantly. But you got to prepare yourself to receive it. And you got to refuse to go into doubt and fear. And you got to stop complaining. The next time you hear complaint come out of your mouth, rebuke it in Jesus' name and say, I will not tolerate that from my mouth. It's your mouth. Control it. It's your thoughts. Control them. Because here's what will happen if you don't. Verse 22. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days, say three days, found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. Don't grumble. It'll it'll bring bitterness all around you. 
And we'll have to constantly be asking the Lord to give us some miraculous thing just to get us through the grumbling that we just did. Instead, I want to encourage you this week to just sing the song of the redeemed. Sing the song of the redeemed. As we close this morning, just for fun, do it one more time. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. One more time. There is power, power, there's wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, there is power, power, there's wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Give the Lord a good applause, and then you can be dismissed this morning. God bless you. I love you. Go with God. Amen.